podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Chavez, he's done it! Four! Aguero! Hello everybody and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon and with me I have the Woodra Woodra episode 5 of the Nightclub Minis. Here we go. Oof, Damon, it is huge for us because that means that we, uh, this is our 44th total episode um, and it's it's a bit scary looking back on our journey and I think us in isolation makes us look back a bit and see how much content we've actually produced over this sort of just under a year that we've been podcasting, and it's pretty scary, the journey we've had so far. Mate, to, to the thousands of people that have listened to us over the 44-episode journey, we'd just very much like to say thank you. It's been it's been quite the journey, Woodrow. I mean, you think back to our first episode, and look, I'm probably going to say this in like 10 years about this episode, but I cringe at episode one. Not that because it was bad, but just the uncertainty around... 10 years, you reckon? Yeah, well, mate, we'll be we'll definitely be ten years. We'll still be doing this, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because we've had it. We like we're very bright. Is a bright-eyed and bushy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the saying is when you first start out, but I think we we're a little bit naive to to see how much we could really achieve with this. And I think to say we've we've achieved a lot more than what we expected is probably an understatement. We've gone well and truly beyond in terms of guests, in terms of listens, in terms of reach, in terms of social media, I guess everything really. So it's been a it's been huge for us and, and, and a, a huge um, you know, privilege as well to be on the be on the waves with you, mate, and also with Sammy when he's on as well. So thank you thank you for having me along for the ride. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah, no, nah, just on that, for anyone who you know, enjoys the minis, but hasn't had a chance to listen to the big episodes. We got, we've had two really special Aussie uncovered segments. You know, Tyrese and John were nice enough to have a chat with us, so make sure to go have a listen to that. But Woody, as you mentioned, we've had Sammy on the journey with us, and I believe he is back next week when we drop episode forty. He is, mate, and he's very keen to get back as well. I think isolation is tri- he's not doing well for his mental state, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we, should we drop who's coming on at 40? For sure. Let's do it. All right. So we have the A-League superstar, the best young player in Australia at the moment, Cameron Devlin. Uh, the huge. man himself, huge, probably the best midfielder, the best young player, the best of everything, the best of everything. Um, 
he definitely team of the season worthy for the A-League as well. And he's had a huge season on his hands, a massive last six months. Um, and Damo, we are so excited to have him on the pod. Mate, huge thanks to Wellington Phoenix for letting him uh, come on the nightclub pod. You know, as we as we mentioned a couple of couple of episodes ago, you know, we didn't want to jump the gun too early, like we may have with other guests in the past. But we've we've locked it in; it's going to happen. So next Thursday, Cam Devlin will be on the show, and also we're finishing up the nightclub mini. So this is the second last mini next week, episode six, the finale, and uh, we'll drop what we're talking about on next week's episode later in this. But for now, Woody, was there anything you wanted to bring up before we get stuck into the title races and relegation battles? Sure do, mate, because on Ep39, we did talk about Newcastle sale. Looking like it's going through, and boy, does it look increasingly likely to do so. We've seen our man Steve Wraith. He goes live on Insta, I reckon, four times a day with a new guest <laughs> about uh, about, about um, the, the sale that's about to go through. And I can tell you that the terms of sale final price, settlement period, and assets are all being determined and written up in the contract of sale. Hopefully, it is going to go down within the next fortnight. Obviously, selling a club is a huge process, but we are hoping for all Newcastle fans and us and Steve Wraith and also a couple of mutual friends we've got um, you know, playing in the league and playing around the world that have connections to Newcastle that, that this sale goes through because it is going to turn the club around, that is for sure. For sure. And also, we've had some developments regarding COVID-19 and specifically what it is doing with football. The Dutch Football Association have said they intend to not continue the Eredivisie season. Uh, so basically, that's because major events in uh, the Netherlands have been banned until September 1. So that pretty much all but rules out the 1920 season. Uh, but on that more positive note, uh, Germany look likely to be the first nation... Uh, footballing nation rather, that are easing restrictions. So the Bundesliga could be the first league back. And I tell you what, the Bundesliga might have a few more fans if they do that. Not to say they don't at the moment, but I'll definitely be jumping on, you know, either Dortmund or Bayern for a couple of weeks until the Premier League returns. May surely be jumping on Wolfsburg. Oh, of course, of course, of course, (laughs) yeah, of course. Shout out to Johnny, know he's a keen listener as well. Um, But yes, massive is uh, massive because I think the Swedish league as well. They Sweden don't actually have any restrictions going on at the moment, so they could potentially be one that comes on as well um, with the German league. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. A few leagues starting to open up, and wonder if it's going to pave the way for a few other um, nations around the world. For sure. And one last little thing. Well, actually, no, this isn't a last little thing. We're getting stuck into the title races and relegations <laughs> battle. It's just not from a professional perspective. At the moment, it's grassroots football. And so last week, we spoke about our outdoor Sunday league team, Woodrow. This mm-hmm. week, we're going to quickly touch on, not for 10 minutes this time, quickly touch on our indoor futsal team and, and its journey over the last few years. Oh, massive. We start. I think we started off what seven years ago, Damo, when we were in, um, when we were seventeen. I think uh, what was seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, yeah, seventeen. Um, yeah, so six years ago. Uh, it's been a ride. Yeah, we started playing football. We were so shit to start off with, <laughs> <laughs> and then we came. We've come around, and uh, our football title race. It was massive for us because we finished first one season and we lost in the semis. Um, and then a season later, we beat the team that we lost to. Uh, actually, we, sorry, we lost to them in the grand final. And then a couple a year later, we beat the team that we lost to 
in the semis, and then we went on to win the grand final. I think six, six or seven, one. Yeah, um, it was so huge. It was absolute demolition. That was a season and a half for us. Damo, I think I was a leading goal scorer. You were. Yeah, of course. I don't know what you were doing, but um, uh, mate. Actually, for those who are wondering, not that I'm sure many are, I don't play keeper in the futsal team. So, you know, Woody, I would say that I played a, play a fundamental role in the futsal team, but I'm certainly no superstar like yourself. Oh, oh shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're a team for a reason. Everyone's got a role to play. Alrighty, are we happy to move on? <laughs> are we happy to move on to the big leagues? The, the real stuff. So let's mm-hmm. get stuck into the real leagues. Um, and that is title and relegation battles, Damo. Let's kick this off with the obvious one. Sergio Aguero's last minute of the season winner to give Manchester City the title in the 2011 and 12 season. United have done all they can. That Rooney goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Would you rather this one is pretty much as big as it gets. It's iconic. It will be remembered for years, decades, centuries. It's probably what made a lot of, you know, of what Man City are today. That single game, if that went the other way, it would be interesting to see how Man City, you know, developed from that particular game. But what do you remember of that season? Because it was not always Manchester City's to win. Ah, uh, well, just before we... Uh talk about this game I have to say at Dimos Tree one uh, replied to our story as well on the Instagram and said that we have to talk about this game and we could not talk about iconic um, title races without talking about this but Damo what I remembered about this was being um, you know a Manchester United fan and seeing City take the league away from my grasp oh this was gut-wrenching to watch gut-wrenching to watch um, of course we were both watching it I think um, because the games were simultaneously happening as well. So oh, it was gut-wrenching to watch, but it was history in the making as well, seeing Aguero sink that goal. It was amazing, amazing to watch as as a mutual spectator. So many little things that day. You know, United went up 1-0 against Sunderland, and that was how that game ended. So for And the Man United game did finish before the City game. So there was about a minute or two where the whole of the Stadium of Light didn't know exactly what was happening man united away fans were sitting in the section of course as usual the players you know clapping the away fans not knowing whether they were celebrating a title or you know commiserating a a tough well you know second place and of course the news came through that sergio aguero had been played through by balotelli who smashed it into the back of the net a few little things i want to touch on though woody that that season 89 points each for city and united City won the league on goal difference. And there are all in every season, there are key moments, key games that define who will be champions. And you look back to that famous Old Trafford Manchester derby where Balotelli asked, why always me? As City won 6-1 at the Theatre of Dreams. And you've got to wonder if that game, well, it pretty much is the game that won City the league in terms of goal difference because plus five, minus five. And if it wasn't for that hefty scoreline, United may have still gotten over the line on that final day. So, you know, a variety of things probably led to that 
big, big event on the final day, but obviously everybody just remembers the final final day for what it is. And, you know, fair play to that because it was probably the most unbelievable moment in Premier League history. Mm, I think, no doubt, that was probably one of the most deciding games of the season. We can't help but looking at Wigan's run as well because they beat Man United 1-0 in the final stages of the season. Um, and when they had been rock bottom in March, um, but seven wins out of their final nine matches including huge wins over United, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Newcastle, saw them uh, ensure a 15th place finish. And Roberto Martinez probably kicked off um, his successful uh, part of his managerial career with, with Wigan. So yeah, I think with that being said, it was a, it was a huge season, but fables all through the table um, and none to none to mention um, Wigan as well. So it was massive. And, and like there are so many points in that season where we can look and go, Holy shit, that was massive in terms of the the scape of the table. Another one was Man United Everton. Actually, a week before the last Manchester derby of that season, United led 3-1 and 4-2 in that game, but the game finished 4-4, and some would say Marouane Fellaini's best performance at Old Trafford, (laughs) and he was wearing a blue shirt. But that meant that City were then within three points of Man United with a better goal difference, having to play them at home the following week. And of course they did, and they won that game 1-0 thanks to a company header off a corner. And so iconic moments like that led to the, again, final day madness. So Woody, I think we can both agree here that despite what we go on about for the rest of this episode, and probably what we talk about on the rest of the history of this podcast, no topic will be, or no you know, discussion point will be as massive as that. Oh, no, for sure. And I think I'm pretty sure this was the only season where the title was um, decided on goal difference. So that in itself just spells huge, huge um, scenes for the league as well. To be the only season ever decided by goal difference, that is drama like you've never seen it before. And especially to come down to the last two minutes of the season. Oh, it's just, it's just stuff that is going to be talked about in terms of Premier League history for decades to come decades probably the most memorable title clinch maybe of all time and with that being said a couple of years earlier a relegation battle like no other and again one that we might not well you know it was only six years earlier so you know that's all right decade mate (laughs) (laughs) all right well so Yes, 2004-2005 season, West Brom's ultimate survival. They were the first team ever to stay up after being bottom at Christmas. So here it is, West Brom's survival over Norwich, Southampton and Crystal Palace. What will be the news from South London? Jonathan Greening thinks they've done enough. The chairs have gone around the Hawthorns. The news has come through. Brian Robson's baggies are staying in the Barclays Premiership. We this one to describe is... Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. It's actually incredibly difficult. And you actually said to me in the build-up of doing this... How are we going to talk about the 04-05 season? Because this could take up the whole mini. So I'm going to try my best here to smash this one out as quickly, but as you know calmly as possible so people can really grasp what's happening. You ready? Yeah, please do, because I had no idea how to do this. So I've, I've, I've shifted this off to you. So Damo, take it away, please. Gary Megson, 
was in charge for five years at West Brom. He took them took them up and took them down, held them into the Premier League. But this season, in 2004-2005, struggling big time. He was relieved of his duties after a 3-0 thrashing at home from fellow relegation scrappers Crystal Palace at the end of October. So, at this point, through till Christmas, after Brian Robson had taken over, West Brom found themselves with just 10 points, and no team, as I said, had ever come back from this point. Damo, this is uh, the West Brom with the likes of um, Carno and Earnshaw up front. They can't have been that bad because I think they were pretty fabled, those two, in terms of a striking partnership. Well, they were, Woodrow. And, you know, a lot of people actually said, you know, you hear this so often with teams that do end up going down, they're too good to go down. We've even spoken about it this season with a few teams. Earnshaw did score 11 goals that season, but Carnu just the two. They really struggled. And to be honest, they were pretty unlucky. It took Brian Robson two months to get his first league win, but there were some really, really unlucky you know, games that went against them. They were 3-2, uh, 2-1 up against Norwich and ended up losing 3-2. They were you know, ahead against Crystal Palace and conceded late to lose that one as well. So really big moments in their season. But another example of how unlucky they were, Brian Robson's first win against Man City, a 2-0 win on the same day. Southampton beat Liverpool 2-1, Palace beat Spurs 3-1, and Norwich came from 4-1 down to draw 4-4 with Middlesbrough. So even when they did get a big win, all their other you know relegation scrappers were getting results as well. So nothing was really going their way. But of course, the other fellow relegation scrappers weren't doing much on other days anyway. So I take you straight to the last two game weeks of the season. And these mm-hmm. were simply just out of this world. All right? West Brom found a draw at Old Trafford, which kept their season alive. Southampton were playing Crystal Palace, and they drew with each other, and Norwich won. So now to put it in perspective, Norwich sits 17th, Saints and Palace are a point behind them, and West Brom are last with 31 points, okay? So So 32 points for Palace, 33 points for Norwich, 32 points for Southampton and 31 points for West Brom. Then, final day. West Brom get a win against Portsmouth, 2-0. Norwich, who were in the box seat, all they had to do was win against a Fulham side who had nothing to play for. They go out and lose 6-0. So then they were all but relegated. Southampton lost 2-1 to Man United and Charlton scored an 82nd minute equaliser to send Palace down. So the season ended with West Brom in 17th on 34 points, Palace on 33, Norwich on 33, and Southampton on 32. So West Brom went from last to 17th on the final day and somehow got through with just 34 points. And you know what they say about 40 points being required to stay up. They didn't even get close. (laughs) Well, it's funny because it would have been an absolute heartbreak, especially for Palace fans who were sitting 17th before West Brom sort of came back and and you look at the season as well, it was West Brom, Palace, um, and Norwich that did come up um, that season or the for that season. So absolute heartbreak for Norwich and Palace who who went down straight away and West Brom got uh, got through unscathed and, and God knows how Southampton had such a bad season as well. Um, but of course Norwich weren't really looking likely because they had a, a negative thirty five goal difference. It was really the Palace fans that had, had their uh, their season taken away from them and snatched from them at at um at the bare last minute as well. So you can just imagine imagine what had happened. And, and you know it was funny because you look back and you look at West Brom clinching obviously 
staying in the league and and their fans absolutely invaded the pitch as well um which was scenes which was mate. absolutely, absolute absolutely scenes. the biggest celebrations you've ever seen ever um just something i'll never forget seeing that on youtube obviously wasn't watching it live but it was just something that i'll never forget seeing Alrighty, Woodrow, we can't have a title race and relegation battles talk without this season. It'll be the last season we touch on. It's the 2013-14 season where, similar to last season, Liverpool and Manchester City went at it. And similar to last season, it was Manchester City who came out on top. So here it is, the 2013-14 Premier League season. It's been a magical mystery tour of the Premier League season. A captivating footballing who won it story. Well, there's your answer. They've won it. They've done it. Manchester City. Woodrow, this Mm. one, we all know the story and we'll say the memes, the laughs about this season. But when you look at this team, this Liverpool team, they overachieved. And I think every Liverpool fan can sit here and agree and say that front three carried them like no other. Liverpool conceded 50 goals in this season and almost won the league. I mean, anyone else in the top seven other than Tottenham conceded not just less, but way less. Mm. It was, well, it's interesting because it, it sort of reminds you of the goal scoring abilities of Liverpool today. But looking back then, you know, they had some, they had a front line that you could not even contend with. Obviously Suarez won the Golden Boot with 31 goals that season, and Sturridge came in second with 21 goals, and they had Sterling on the bench as well. So, you know, that, that Liverpool title, that, that Liverpool season was, oh, it was just firepower like you'd never seen it as well, and really unfortunate that they, that they, uh, that, they let it slip away, really, Damo. It was it was theirs for so long of the season. Are you having a good deal oh, there, Oh, no. <laughs> you went there. You could not say it. But, yeah, of course, there were some key fixtures in that final month. The famous mm. one, well, not so much the famous one because of what happened a few weeks later, but Liverpool-Man City at Anfield, one of the games of the season, and so often we see these sort of games not live up to the hype and both teams be incredibly cagey, but Liverpool had to go for it because of to be honest, their lack of ability to defend. And they came out 3-2 winners over City, and that put them in the box seat to win the title. I remember Vincent Kompany with a basic, basic clearance that he would deal with 9 out of 10 times, if not 10 out of 10 times. And he palmed it off straight to Coutinho, who whipped one in to give Liverpool the lead. But just on that, the start of that match was absolutely insane. And, you know, the momentum that Liverpool had was just something out of this world. I remember Raheem Sterling sending Joe Hart you know, into the next suburb with pretty a pretty basic move. But Joe Hart was just left for dead and Sterling, of course, scored in that one as well. So, you know, absolute scenes all around. And then they slept up, didn't they, Woodrow? Yes. It's uh, probably <laughs> something that we should bring up with our Cam Devlin next week because we know he is a huge die um, diehard Liverpool supporter. Would hate to bring it up with him, hate to see what he's going to think, but... You have to, Dame, it is, it is uh, that Gerard slip that led that led Demba Bar to go on to score. Gee whiz, it's something that is never going to be erased from Premier League history, is it? It's really not. And, you know, we still see Steven Gerrard talk about today how, you know, he lives with it every day and not a week goes by where he doesn't think of it or it get mentioned to him by, you know, some hooligan in the crowd when he's uh, managing Rangers. But... You know, the the repercussions of this season for Liverpool, 
Of course, Suarez left the following, you know, that transfer window. Sterling a season later went off to Manchester City. So that team really got broken up after that. Very few from that team are still there. Um, and of course, it really just came all crashing down the following week again when they drew 3-0 to Crystal Palace after leading 3-0. And Dwight Gale had a massive day out on that one. I think you remember that one, Woodrow. We were, we were probably at school watching it in the morning, I think. We are all in the library, hustled around a computer watching that one. So, you know, absolute scenes. And I think it's a good good one to wrap the episode up on because emotionally that was probably the most insane season you'll see. Yeah, and I think it also, before we wrap up, it's probably worth noting how good City were that season as well. They had Yaya Toure who scored 20, I think 20 or 21 goals from midfield, really. Um, you don't see that Sergio- today. No, no way. You don't see that at all anymore. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was the season that moved a little bit further forward in his older age. Um, so he was sitting sort of maybe one or two behind Aguero. And Aguero finished on 17 goals for the season as well. So you just can't forget how good City were that season. But it's just one to forget for Liverpool fans that should have been there. Should have been in the trophy and broken the drought, really. Um, but yeah, Damon, that's probably a good point to wrap up. Uh, should, we, should we decide what we're doing next week? We should, and I think this one, it has to be special because it's our finale of the nightclub miniseries, mm. as I mentioned at the start. So what I've decided on most of them, to be honest, live on air. So Woodrow, what do you want to do? I'm going to put it in, put it in your hands. Um, look, I think it would be really good to, for a finale to sort of look back and, and look at Premier League moments that have made us laugh and made us smile and made us really uh, rejoice in the Premier League, more so than what these ones did. And for that reason, Damo, with your blessing, I'd love to do some of the funniest moments in the Premier League. Can can I take add to that a little bit and do funniest slash shocking moments? So like moments that were funny. It has to be elements of comedy, but also a bit of shock. Is that cool? Sure. Yep. Sure. So yeah, all right, I'm happy with that. And, you know, I've got a funny feeling we're going to talk about an absolute crapload of crapload of these moments next week. So it might be a little bit more than a mini, but we'll see how we go because it is all around just going to be so many minutes of the Premier League nightclub in your ears next week because it's a massive week, probably the biggest we've had in nightclub FC history. Oh, mate, by far we've never seen a hiatus from Sammy like this before. He's coming back. We're doing <laughs> the biggest A League start maybe in the last year and a half he's going to be an absolute jet don't you worry we're releasing we're, we're wrapping up the mini series and we're kicking on with ep 40 who the hell knows how we've reached ep 40 i thought we'd be down and out by now but you know what Damo? <laughs> tomorrow next week is going to be massive for the nightclub it's going to be huge and if they want to keep track of when those episodes are posted where can they find us on the socials you can find us on insta at premier league nightclub and damon where can you find us on the twitter you can find us on the Twitter at PL Nightclub, or of course, just search us on the Facebook. We'll be there. Uh, Woodra, it's always worth noting anyone out there, please chuck us a subscribe, chuck us a follow. And on the socials, we always, always ask questions and pose the opportunity for people to have their say on what we talk about. So if you do that, you're more than likely to end up on one of the episodes, either as potentially a game show, you know, contestant which will might might be coming back in the coming weeks. And then even, you know, if you just, such as I think we had at Danny Tree, did you say, Woodra, who had had his say and wanted to talk about yeah, the Aguero I, oh, I was at, Is it Dimos Tree? 
Demos, yeah. Demonstrate, yeah, demonstrate. That might 21. be it. That might be it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, anything like that, let us know, and you'll find you you get shouted out on the pod at the very least. So, uh, other than that, we'll draw. I'm I'm done. I reckon I'm let's, out of here. Let's wrap it up, mate. Let's. Uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah. See you next week. Time to rest up and get ready for the biggest, biggest <laughs> week in Premier League nightclub FC podcast history. Oh boy, it is going to be big. And thank you everyone for booking at the nightclub. We will see you next week. Keep your ears open and your eyes even more open. See you later, guys. See ya. Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top rated brands like the Temper Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.